Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beneath Vancouver Radio. We're on episode number 31, which is hard to believe. Um, it's been a very interesting road these last couple of days, providing uh, a lot of the content over Zoom, which is something that we're not used to doing. But uh, we're still having some good chats with some people within the community and within our, within our city. So today I've got special guest Stanley here with me today. Stanley, how are you doing, man? I'm pretty good, man. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for, for coming on uh, coming on the show, so to speak. And um, Stanley, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and uh, let people know kind of what you do and stuff like that. Who you um, are. Okay. Um, I'm a, that's the thing. Every time people <laughs> ask me, about, <laughs> what is I always it? struggle <laughs> with it. Yeah, because like, I feel like I kind of wear a lot of hats. But I think primarily I'm a content creator and I believe I'm a community builder. I think that would be the main. Those are the two words, thing. yeah. Yeah. I, I like I, that. I, I always struggle with that. Every time people ask me, I'm just like, um, it's kind of hard to say because <laughs> I do a lot of things. So, yeah. And uh, in terms of uh, in terms of that, let's uh, let's go a little bit deeper. Then, why don't you kind of tell us your backstory in terms of how you became to be, you know, a content creator and a community builder? What's uh, okay, what's your story, so, Stanley? Um, the crazy thing, I think everything happened by accident. I'd like to say. Um, so originally, I am Zimbabwean, and I moved here in 2014. Mm-hmm. And when I moved there, I came to study and I, the, the sole purpose was to study computer science at, at Simon Fraser, SFU. And I think a year into it, I realized um, I hated computers. Like, <laughs> like I love computers, but I, like, I realized I hate doing maths. And yeah. the reason why I wanted to do it, I just wanted to learn how to hack into stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, you're like, <laughs> yeah. And then like, two semesters into it, I was like, this is not like anything I saw on TV. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> and luckily for me, SFU has a policy where you have to take classes in other like faculties. And then that kind of got the ball rolling where um, I took, it's called Interactive Arts at SFU. So it's like mm. a- multi- Yeah, uh-huh. CIAT. Or CIAT, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so it's a multidisciplinary like degree. And I, I, I took a couple of courses in that and I just- realized that's what I wanted to do and I just switched Mm -hmm. and then the content creation actually started again by mistake because um one of the semesters I think it was spring 2016 I believe I could be wrong I can't remember the dates and I couldn't get to one of my classes and then my advisor said to me oh well there's a photography class you could take like it's it will be really useful and you know it applies to your credit I was like well I mean I've always liked photography that's something I've always liked like and I'd always been creative. I was like, oh, like, I'll just do it. And then. Yeah, worth a shot. Yeah. And then that just sparked my interest in photography and like more like visual content creation. And then that I took the course, absolutely loved it. Like I shot like, and I just didn't stop. Yeah. And the cool thing too, like at SFU too, like we can rent all types of equipment. So like everything was free. So I had access mm-hmm. to everything. So I, I just, I just fell in love with it. And then that summer too it was my birthday so i was like you know i'm just gonna you know save up and buy my own camera and then i just again got my own gear and just kept shooting and just like fell in love i would anytime i got a chance to shoot i just did it and then that summer too i also started my instagram page because my friends are like dude like if the work is is dope when i just like starting instagram page to showcase and i remember at the time too it was um motherland photography i think that's what i called it and then mm-hmm. a year went by and then more people started messaging me for like you know small things at school like you know like clubs would ask me to come and shoot or like just friends would ask me to come and shoot and 
some of them were willing to pay and i was like oh sick this is yeah then, why not <laughs> yeah and then in my program too there's also a video portion of it too and i took that class and then i took the one after that where i was uh where we had to make a documentary mm-hmm. and i just fell in love with video as well and i just just wanted to do both and then at the time i just I decided to switch and then I had to rebrand my page. And then my friends had always called me outlandish, like, cause I, that's how they described my personality. I was like, Oh, like that has a good ring to it. And I was like, yeah. I want to do both photo and video. So like visuals just make visuals, sense. Cause yeah. like, you know, it's not limiting myself to like photos and videos. And that's how the, the ball kind of got rolling. And then that same year too, um, me and a friend, Isabel, we, we ended up starting an agency in another class that we were taking. It was all by mistake too. Like we were just in this class where it was mixing. You knew her prior? I knew her prior. We had met a couple of events and just like had mutual friends. Okay. So we were, we were just like, Oh, like, you know, we're in the same class together. Why don't just work on something that, you know, we both like and we were both in the media space. So it just made sense. And this class was the business and design program. So we had to physically come up with a business that had, both our values in it and like an actual business that we could actually work outside of it. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, well, like, you know, like this start a media agency, that's something that's fun. I mean, like, you know, as a hobby, like in part of the class. And then that actually turned out to into an actual business. And that's how truth media was born. And yeah. And that, that, I guess that's my story. I think everything for me happened, I guess by accident or like by coincidence, I guess, but then, it's just been a lot of learning and just like pushing myself and like discovering more about myself. I think that's been the biggest thing. And when it came to kind of like, for example, you mentioned obviously that the class, the aspect of the class was to create this kind of business was the, did you have to continue that outside of the class or was that just because you guys actually like saw like the, the value and also that it was actually starting to become successful, like truth media in itself. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it, we didn't have to continue doing it, but we mm. just saw like it as a huge opportunity. We're like, what's the worst that could happen if you know if we just did it? And then we just again, we saw it st- slowly starting to grow, and we were providing value to the community, and a lot of people started reaching out. And like, I think that was the mainly a huge part of our success as well, mm-hmm. because like we were actually again like it was that balance of us like helping the community and like figure out a way of monetizing as well. And just yeah. like, we were just like pushing our boundaries. Like we honestly didn't think it would work at all. <laughs> like literally half the stuff that we did, we like didn't plan on. We were just like, you know, we're just going to try this like and see what happens. That's what it, that's what it boils down to is, is taking that risk. Right. And, and yeah. putting yourself out there and you know, was that, I'm assuming that might've your first business that you had started. Yeah, right? that's so, definitely the first business I had started myself. Yeah, you were you were a young a young business person who who was just trying to figure out you know along the way how to even yeah. navigate. Right, it's like the blind leading the blind almost. So, um, what was kind of the the transition point for you when you kind of realized, um, you know, you mentioned that you were giving value to the community and that people mm-hmm. started reaching out. But was there a specific moment that you remember or that uh, that you kind of recollect of when? you saw that truth media was becoming more than just like this hobby, but it was actually starting to become something a little bit more um, and starting to become a little bit, yeah, more realistic, so to speak. I think it was just like I, seeing the testimonies we were getting from the people in the community who were coming and also like seeing how 
okay, I, I won't say easy, but how, how it wasn't as hard to, to get clients. And like, if we actually just like tried and if you knew, if you built relationships the right mm. way, like we, we didn't start too big. We just focused on the people that we had around us. And like, that's what created the domino effect. I think a lot of people too, when they're starting anything, they always feel like they have to reach outside their social circles where like, if you just looked at like, you know, all our friends are all doing very interesting things or the people, you know, but people don't think that's a resource and like just using that as a tool. And it's like, just like, I think again, with the fact that we are in the social media, it's like, you know, like one thing that we did all the time was just like, whenever we needed help with anything, we always posted on our, but obviously the truth media's uh, page and like our own personal pages too. Mm-hmm. And like people would always respond to, even when we had events too, like that's how we got a lot of our events sold out was just based on us reaching out to the people that we know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, uh, like you, you have to utilize what you have, right. And, and not so much stretch yourself too thin. I think yeah. for a lot of people, they, you want to achieve like certain potentially certain clients and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But sometimes you have to start within your group first and then, as you mentioned, the domino effect is very prominent in those certain things where it's word of mouth, right? And I think word of yeah. mouth is um, the oxygen. I think Gary Vee says that or something, the oxygen for small businesses, right? You know, you tell, oh, yeah, well, Stanley, he can do this. Oh, really? Well, I need someone for, for, for an upcoming show or we need this kind of work and stuff like that. So it's building that network is so important and mm-hmm. I think it's still one of the most important things when it comes to, to any business owner, even if you're starting to, you know, starting to find a job or anything like that. Networking is, is, is critical in that aspect of that. So um, I guess like fast forward to, to where you are now and everything like that, where, where would you say, and as a content creator, at least if you're wearing your content creator hat, where would you yeah. say that you are right now in your content creator journey? I know it's a bit of a loaded question, but yeah. <laughs> you can dissect that how you will. I think for me, I think like you said, I think I, because of COVID too, like with COVID happening, I had to again like more time to reflect on my life. I'm like, I looked back to like, again, when I was creating content, like when I, again, when I first bought that camera and to where I am now, there's been a big jump. And I had to like, remember like I've come so far, I think along your journey of whatever you're doing, you often don't take time to actually reflect to see how much you've done and you forget that. Mm-hmm. So it was this, it was this big push where I was like, okay, I'm, I've done so much and I've grown so much, but then I looked at, especially Vancouver too, that has a very vibrant content creator community. And I was like, I looked at other creators, the content they were creating. And I was just, again, like that's where like we creators, like people, we often get into that bubble where you, you compare yourself to other people. And I was like, damn, how are people creating that content? That looks so cool. Like, why am I not doing that? And then with COVID now, I had the opportunity like this and like, instead of me focusing on like why I'm not creating that content, how mm-hmm. do I get better like as a person? Like how do I as a person just work on my skills and just like zone in on that? And then for like for anyone who knows me too, for like the past two to three months, I was just like focusing on myself and the goals I had, like I, I deemed a success and the type of content I wanted to create and just like focusing more on my skills. And coincidentally too, the crazy thing that happened is at the beginning, just before a month before COVID hit, I signed up for Skillshare for free. Oh yeah. Shout out Skillshare. (laughs) And then the weird thing is I forgot to cancel the subscription (laughs) before. So I then COVID hit and I was like, okay, I've just been charged 140 bucks. I don't remember signing up for that. And I was like, wow. You went for the annual as well. Not even the monthly. The thing is, 
I don't even remember signing up for the annual too. That's the funny thing. I just remember signing up and like not really thinking. I was like, oh, I'm just going to cancel this in like a month anyway. It's not going to Yeah. Funny, funny story. Actually, I'm just going to quickly chime in here. Yeah. Um, I think I've made like four different accounts just to get the free trial. Yep. And uh, all, I think for all, three out of the four accounts, or at least it happened to me at least for sure twice where I forget to to remove my my trial before it ends. Yeah. So I've been charged. <laughs> And I, I, I want to save some money, right? It's 20 bucks. is like, it's not a lot per se, yeah. but if I can save those $20 in one way or another, I'm going to do that. So I always email them like, Hey, like I forgot to cancel my trial. <laughs> can you give me your, and it's usually like within a day of yeah. like the, the payment. So they've been pretty good about it. So I will give Skillshare's customer service a solid 10 out of 10. But here's the thing though, for the <laughs> annual fee, they don't refund. Yeah, I don't think they would be. I was just like, how does this make sense? How can you refund the monthly one, not the annual one? That makes yeah. no sense to me. <laughs> so, but anyway, like I was saying, like, so like that, I was like, well, I mean, I already have this. So I'm like, mm-hmm. why not just like work on my skills? And like, the thing is too, I, I feel like I realized I had been my own biggest enemy and my own mm. limit. So even with the video, I loved filming but I hated the editing, not yes. because I wasn't good at it, but because I hadn't really tried. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like, you know, like I've been holding myself back. I'm going to just do a crash course on like Premiere Pro and like editing and all that stuff. And then the first one I signed up, I did was like a three hour all inclusive, like detailed on Premiere Pro. And like, I just worked on it like maybe for like three hours, like one day I just did it and got some footage, found some free footage and had some footage I had before and just started editing. Went on YouTube to like started making playlists for different things for like on like filming or like photography and like all of the little things I wanted to actually do. And then for like, just a solid two, three months, I just like, hunkered down and just, just actually just did the work. Yeah. And didn't really focus on posting and just like focused on more refining my skills. I like that. And then also too, like I was like, okay, if I'm going to be reaching out and trying to build more clients, I need to be able to showcase my yeah, work. The work so, that you yeah. Do. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to work on my portfolio and like, I'm going to rebrand my Instagram page. And even with that too, like that was hard too, because again, like I said before, like I, people were asking like, what do you like to shoot? Like this, certain things I don't like to do. I don't do wedding photography and all of that, but mm-hmm. like I do like lifestyle. I do like fitness. I do a whole bunch of other things as well. I do nightlife stuff as well, like and music. So with Instagram, especially with this whole theory of like, oh, you need to have your aesthetic looking a certain way. Yeah. I was like, how do I showcase all of that? Mm-hmm. And then that's why like, again, the website came into play, but I was like, oh, so I want to be able to showcase this on my Instagram. So then I figured out a way of doing that. And like, I actually started rolling that out a couple of months ago where incorporates a lot of more videos as well. Cause before I wasn't doing too many videos. So it was just more like looking back at me and like reflecting on myself and like also figuring out a lot of things that as a content creator, like things they don't tell you, it's like your workflow. Like how do I spend less time doing the things that I don't want to do, but yeah, I have to do though. <laughs> so like, yeah. So like, that's one thing I took the time on like watching videos on like how to refine my workflow. And just like listen to a whole bunch of podcasts. Like there's so many podcasts out there that talk about that. But so that's how that's gone. I think COVID was the big, best negative thing that has happened to me today because I, I had, again, I didn't have the excuse of like, oh, I don't have the time because we were literally stuck at home. Mm-hmm. For yeah, you took, the, you took the time to, yeah. to reflect. And I think that's 
that was really the the turning factor I feel for you, at least from 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 what um, from what I'm hearing, and you yeah. know I've known you for for a little bit now, but um, in terms of the opportunity that that you gave yourself and the motivation really and the discipline, yeah. I think is the, the the primary thing here as well to to hunker down and be able to to refine your skills. And I'm curious though, just just uh, just personally, in terms mm-hmm. of like you said you used YouTube as well and Skillshare what what platform actually do you prefer like or did you enjoy the most like to learn something because I know for some people they're like oh well you know why pay for Skillshare if it's on YouTube but then other people say well Skillshare it's a little bit more structured so to speak because it's a class class kind of thing yeah so I'm just curious to maybe get your two cents on that and I'm sure some people might be wondering as well I think the thing I liked about Skillshare, or it's, it's very specific. Like you can find things that are very specific mm-hmm. and there's different versions of the, like the first one I watched was uh, video editing. Like there was, there was one that was 30 minutes long. There was one that was three hours. So depending on how much time you want to put, like it's very specific. You can find that. And it has a lot of the people on there too, like our fellow content creators too, like people that you actually recognize. Gotcha. Okay. So that helped. And then I realized with YouTube, I like both in the sense I use them differently. With YouTube, it's I like it better in the sense that I can find uh, like five to ten minute videos because sometimes mm-hmm. I don't have necessarily the time to like, you know, like watch like the whole three hour thing. Like, yeah. what if I just want to learn something specific? If I just want to learn a specific effect, I can literally just type that in, and there's a three minute video on that. Whereas Skillshare doesn't always have that option of like a five to ten minute video. And I think it's it's about just knowing yourself to like what type of person that you are. Mm-hmm. Some people are not, I'm a visual learner, so I need something that's visual. Some yeah. people can read a book and they can learn. Everything. They can apply it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Definitely not, not like that either. Yeah. yeah. I'm no, I'm a visual learner. A hundred percent. If someone can show me instead of tell me, um, that'll be a lot easier for, for me as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I think one thing I, also with YouTube too, I think one thing that's been an asset to me just making playlists for like specific things. Like I have mm. just one playlist for just like all the videos on just like filming. Okay. And then in that like playlist, I can then like put them on like, okay, I, I separated them and like, Oh, just frame rate or like, you know, like cinematic settings. And like, they all like go back to back mm-hmm. that way I can watch the videos and like, and I have a notebook too. So I still write stuff down. And then I have one specifically for just like photography. Uh, and then even with that too, like how to pose models or people like, you know, mm. like I have different things, different places for different things. And then I have one thing I realized too, like focusing more on the business aspect too of a content creator. Mm-hmm. So I have another play that's just like, that's just creative tips. Like, okay, like how to get more clients or how to charge, you know, that type of information that I have that in that playlist. So, because that's one thing I feel like as a content creator, like we focus so much on like the creating, but we don't remember like we are a business in ourselves. Yeah, that's true. We realize there's you a gotta lot. Got to sustain of, yourself yeah, somehow. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that we don't know about too. Like, so that's how I've maneuvered. Like that's what's worked for me. It might not work for other people, but that's yeah. my advice. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it really boils down to, you know, you know yourself the best uh, no one really else can really tell you how you can learn or what is the best approach for learning, so to speak. Um, yeah. When it came to, 
you know, these past couple of months, as you mentioned, was a, a lot of time for self-reflection and, and learning. Mm-hmm. And um, now that, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of out there and maybe potentially going back to, to shooting some content again, what, uh, what would you say if you can name one would be the biggest tip or like the thing you learned the most um, within these past two to three months that you kind of realized that that was maybe something that you were really missing in these last couple of years? I think it'll be two things. It'll be always bet on yourself. Mm. Like you, you don't know how much you can really do unless you push yourself. So always try yeah. to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and always try to prepare for the worst. Like, mm. you know, when COVID hit, like no one ever thought this would happen. Like, I think for me, it, it, it hit me financially because I was more like, well, summertime is going to be busy. And I just bought new gear too. So I was like, oh, like, I mean, like, you know. You're prepping like, for that. Yeah. yeah I'm like, oh, my savings can take a hit right now. I'll be fine because like I have. All You'll recuperate. Gigs. Yeah. Yeah. I have all these gigs lined up and then COVID hit. And I was like, people were canceling and I had to refund people their deposits. All this shit happened. I was just like, fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, what happens? Right. But then I think always preparing for the worst. And like I'm saying too, like, again, like as a content creator, I think we don't focus enough on like the financial and like the business aspects of it because that will save us so much time. And like, there's a lot of things that we don't realize we don't know mm-hmm. until we actually look into it. So yeah, that would be my little tidbit. Yeah, no, that's, those are two very good points. And I think, especially now that, you know, some things are starting to, come back to life, so to speak, or, or kind of at least start to, to become open again and everything. It's where you as a, as a creator, especially, I think you were in this awkward moment um, or other creators as well, where mm-hmm. you know that some businesses took a hit, especially, yeah. well, not some, most businesses took a hit um, yeah. in this kind of two to th- last two to three months that we've been experiencing. And especially for, for local mom and pops and small businesses, you as a creator, if you're going out there to, you know, do a photo shoot or video for them, it's like my usual charge is let's say 400, but I know that your marketing budget is maybe non-existent right now. So it's that awkward, I don't want to say awkward, well, it could be awkward, right? It's just that like kind of gray area where, you know, you, you understand their, their perspective as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're a business, they took a hit. Um, they don't have the extra funds, so to speak, to, to pay you maybe your $400 for, for a video hypothetically. But then on the other side, you're also, I need that money because I need to, you know, pay for my camera gear and stuff like that. So um, I think for, yeah, for a lot of creators, it might be a little bit of this kind of uh, like maybe discount, maybe not. And then yeah. maybe find other people or other potential clients that that uh, can, you know, maybe go back to the usual rates that uh, and that's, they, that's they have. Like- like that's a crazy thing. So like when all this was happening too, like I watched um, and listened to, there's a podcast, a local podcast by the self hired crew called mm. the think space. Yep. And they actually had a guy called uh, Mark Wilburn, I think. Oh, and wow. he's a, he's not a Wahlberg. Yeah, no, I, think <laughs> I could be getting it wrong. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I think his name is Mark Wilburn. I can send you the link to, yes, please do. Yeah. We can to, put to that the podcast in there. And then you can put that in the, and he was talking about like exactly what you're saying. He's like, now is a weird space because again, a lot of agencies are, are closed right now. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is such, it's creating a great opportunity for like independent freelance content creators right now, because now you can reach out to companies that normally wouldn't 
you wouldn't be able to because they were signed to agencies or you know they just had other people creating good content. to do it for yeah so like now it makes sense for you to do work for free per se because again one you have that content you can add it to your portfolio and when things do open up as you were saying it's like it's like it's an investment you're building an investment Mm -hmm. like with them goes back to the connection thing that we mentioned earlier right Exactly. So like now you're building a race, like when they are able to, you know, eventually pay, mm-hmm. then they, you can pay. And like, that's the thing too, like with a lot of people, there's some people who weren't as affected by this. So like, I mean, like there's some, like this is the best time to get your foot. He was saying this is the best time to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So now you have opportunities that you might not have. So I mean, like reach out to people. Like I've been doing that too. Like I outlined a couple of companies I wanted to work with. And just get that content out there and, to, and just work on your skills because a lot, I feel like a lot of content creators say they charge a lot of money. And mm-hmm. I was one of those people too. Like you charge a certain amount of money and then you look at the content and you're like, is it really worth that amount of yeah. money? Mm-hmm. So I, I never wanted to be in a space where I'm char- charging someone a certain amount of money and I feel like I'm not creating that type of the quality of that content. Yeah. Right. So would you say that, and you know, you're saying you were, you're, mentioning some companies and you don't have to bring this up if you don't yeah. want to, but um, specific kind of industries that you feel that content creators can, you know, take adv- advantage of, so to speak, I'm using air quotes for those who are listening on audio mm-hmm. um, with companies like for me, the ones that I've seen at least the most kind of opportunistic on my end and a field that I personally would not have expected to, to enter or an industry mm-hmm. would be like the construction yeah. and the, the, more corporate ish clients. If, mm-hmm. if I can call it that, I don't know. I don't know if maybe you wanted to share that. And again, you don't have to, if you don't want to, it might be a trade secret. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I'm more, I might not share the company names. Yeah, of I course. Of course. I think like right now, definitely the lifestyle sector is a pretty big one right now. Um, mm. You know, anything that you can do product photography for is great. Mm. Like, um, so like coincidentally too, like when COVID, I started drinking more kombucha. Oh, really? I'm, I'm, I'm not a yeah. fan. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the reason why I wasn't a fan before was I just hadn't had the right brand. And then this one time I just took the risk with this brand and then I had the different flavors. Like, oh, this is Wait, really good. Is it, I might, I might be completely like, might, might have just completely butchered it. Is, is Herba Mate kombucha? I think it is. Yeah, it might be. Because I had that and I wasn't a fan. But anyways, continue. <laughs> have rice, have rice kombucha. Okay. They have like really like they have this, I think, maple and rise is what it's called? Yeah, rise. I can send you the link after too. Like yeah. There's like they have like this maple and hibiscus uh blend. They have this lemongrass wow. one too. Yeah, I know. It's like it's and it was so funny too, like I started drinking it. My roommate oh, too yes. he was like, Oh, like you're gonna be one of those guys drinking like <laughs> now, like you're gonna turn into a hippie now. And then and, I got him to try it the one day. I was like, oh, this is actually really good. I was like, mm. yeah. So, like, again, even with them, too, like, I then tagged them when I was obviously drinking. I was like, oh, like, you know, like, COVID got me drinking. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, this is a perfect company to be partnering up with because it's mm-hmm. a product. I can literally shoot this in the luxury of my house. Like, yeah. you know, I can, just, you know, get the ingredients that I have and just do product shoots, right? Or yeah. like, even, like, lifestyle brands where it's just – you can literally just shoot with one model. Like, you know, there's ways around it, right? 
And like even that. With, that, with that too, like I said, like something I mentioned before, it's like sticking within your own like friend group. Like I have a lot of friends who like work for companies or like, you know, brands. And I just reached out to them and was like, hey, like, do you mind just like sending me some of your merch or your products and I can just do shoots mm-hmm. and organize it myself. And people have been super open to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think right now it's just trying to figure out what exactly works for you while obviously potentially also going into different kind of territories and different kind of areas of work and stuff like that. And um, I think for the summer, especially where, you know, as you mentioned, it is a little bit of a busier time for especially those who are in like the music space. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that, I'm I'm curious, I don't know if actually this is maybe me personally asking, are you, do you do shoots for like festivals or kind of that kind of stuff? I've yeah, I do. Heard. So, like, primarily, I was doing a lot of nightlife photography as well. So, I was um, shooting for Safe and Sound and oh, yes. Fortune as well. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of concerts that were and festivals that were actually in the summer. So, that was something I was looking forward to. And I was looking to, you know, make some money in that space too. But with, obviously, with the clubs being closed and, you know, like, large gatherings being canceled, they obviously, that's not happening. Yeah, but again, there's a lot of again like local artists in the city who again need content, like uh, need content. Like um, I actually did a shoot with um, uh, a group called Midnight Genius. They were mm. releasing some 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 music, and they needed some album art and some content. So we I just booked a studio that was you know still open, and we did a shoot for that. We did some stuff outside as well, like some street photography stuff as well. So yeah. I mean, like there's a lot of opportunities for that too. I feel like another industry that's like pretty open right now too is uh, the auto. Oh, cars. Yes. Yeah. Cars right now. I mean, like I'm friends with uh quorum and like one of the local videographers, he's been shooting the whole time. Like, you know, it's a space where like, Quorum's a genius, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, cause I've had conversations with him too. Like I'm just asking him how, how he's been handling. He's like, yeah, I'm like, honestly with that, like, you don't have to be in the space of other people, like, you know, like, and worry about, oh, yeah. I'm gonna catch it. So, You're just like, chilling, yeah. doing your thing, shooting the cars. I mean, the cars don't have it, so. <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's the thing, too. Like, still pe- pe- some people are still buying stuff. Like, you know, like, mm. some people are still buying cars. And, like, there's some industries like that that I could be wrong that still might have marketing budgets for that. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. But how do you feel about the the real estate? The real estate photography. Is that something that you've... It's something I've been wanting to do. Yeah. I did it a couple of times, but it's just, it depends. It's it's a hit or miss. Mm. Hit or miss in in terms of the house or (laughs) the people that you're working with? The people that you work with. Sometimes I think people just aren't willing to pay for it. It's just weird sometimes. I think... I, th- I think that's one of the struggles as a content creator. Like people don't want to pay for content, which is weird. I'm mm-hmm. like, especially I think photos is not so much, but videos, you know, you give a quote because I think people don't understand what actually goes into like, yeah, the process of video the process making. of actually mm-hmm. making it. They just think, Oh, like, you know, you sit one day, you take <laughs> the video, you go home and you just edit it. And then tomorrow it's done. But it's actually, there's so much that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's always, an interesting conversation to have for sure because for me i think like um you know i i'm not in the real estate you know uh industry at all or very mm-hmm. familiar with it so when i see like a lot of the more like local real estate agents the ones that are mm-hmm. maybe not signed to like remax or those like bigger i'm assuming bigger uh, real estate agencies mm-hmm. i don't know however you want to say it um and they're like taking pictures and everything and they're posting on their instagrams i feel like 
almost every real estate agent now has an Instagram. Like that's yeah. the way that that's their almost website, so to speak, obviously yeah, outside of maybe have having to. some sort of website. So um, I see these pictures and I'm like, Oh, this is very interesting. Like, how did they take it? Like, was it like yeah. through this or through that or envision like, Oh, like, do they even care? Like as long as they can maybe show to a certain extent, the, the beauty of the home, whether it be inside or outside, like can an iPhone just do that or do they need something more professional? So and it boils down to, again, like, as you mentioned, how much money are they willing to, to spend and uh, have in their budget really to, to say, okay, I'm willing to spend, you know, $400, $500 on pictures for this home. Um, you know, and that's, a, again, dependent on their, an ROI on there. And if they sell the home yeah. due to maybe someone finding it through Instagram, then like, hell yeah, their commission is probably more than $500. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a field that, it intrigues me, but I, I personally don't know if I'd ever get into that just because I don't really find, I, I personally don't like shooting inanimate objects. Yeah. It's not, I'm more of like a, like a lifestyle mm-hmm. people event. Photography is, is something that I'm really into, which unfortunately obviously haven't had the pleasure to do a lot recently, but um, yeah, I just wanted to maybe get your insight on that in terms of uh, where you are now and everything. And you mentioned, obviously you're, you're learning and you've learned a lot um, where would you, again, maybe a bit of a loaded question, but, mm-hmm. um, where would you like to see yourself, let's say by the end of the year, hypothetically, um, whether it be, um, you personally, or maybe with projects that you've worked on, mm-hmm. or is there like a certain goal in mind that you, that you've established within these last two to three months of like you know, your vision board, like Stanley's vision board, <laughs> when you wake mm-hmm. up, like this is, this is by the end of the year, want to be able to be closer to this, or maybe mm-hmm. even have achieved this. I think for me too, I think that's also something that has changed too. I think, you know, a lot of, from my own perspective and things that I've been reading the information I've like consumed, mm-hmm. people always like get in this bubble of like saying, oh, like I have to make yearly goals, which makes it hard to, I, I, from what I've learned, like, I think we should be making more like long-term goals. Like this is where I want to be in five years. And then mm-hmm. just breaking that down into like every single year. Because mm. I mean, a year it's, it's it's a lot harder to do it in a year, but five years, you know, it's more time, and you can actually just like, be more strategic with it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like especially with COVID too, like I mean, like the things I plan to have done by the end of the year have all changed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So every, what I'm realized, like every three months, I'm revising that five year plan, which for me is like I want to be able to run my own media studio mm. here so in Vancouver. Have, here in Vancouver, yeah. And that's why for me to like now I was like, okay, like for me to get the experience that I need, let me go work for another studio, see how that runs. Yeah. And learn and consume as uh, much information as possible. So I guess like to answer your question is my goal is to learn as much as I can. Mm. And just yeah, absorb my, as much. Yeah, absorb as much as I can, expose myself to as many environments as I can and things that I thought I wasn't good at or like I didn't like to see if like is it just me or is it like, is it something I actually don't like? Like for this one thing for sure, I, I hate doing weddings, like anything wedding related. Like, <laughs> is it cause you did it once and you never want to do it again or did it a couple of yeah. times. And I feel like there's months, a traumatic experience there, Stanley. <laughs> yeah. It's just, there's just a couple of bridezillas and <laughs> just, yeah, it's just, it's just too high risk. And I just, yeah, the money is good, but it's just not worth the pain in the house of just like having to go through it. It's just I can't imagine that like you're 
the responsibility on your shoulders. You have to capture what is arguably the biggest moment in someone's life, especially probably for the bride, like, you know, um, and for them to say like, Oh my God, no, like this is not what I wanted. And I don't know. It just feels like there's way too much responsibility and to be like, if you don't capture, it's not like you can do it again. Right. Cause I mean, that's that's it. That's it. So so think about like, again, like we see these memes all the time where it's like a lot of, your clients don't know what they want. And if yeah. they do claim to know what they want, when you show it to them, it's, it's not, not what they the- <laughs> So imagine that's already the mindset you have to deal. With. And then imagine wedding day where, like you just mentioned, you can't reshoot that. Yeah. And this is like the biggest moment in people's lives. And it's just like, that's just way too much pressure. Like, and I re- like looking at like how much people charge for wedding photography and video. I, I understand now because it's a lot more work and it's mm-hmm. like that pressure too. And it's just, yeah, it's it's just too much for me personally. And yeah. It's just, and I think for me, it just sucked out my creativity. Like it's there's only so many ways you can shoot mm-hmm. weddings. Like you yeah. can't be really creative with it. Yeah, and and so. it's also like your creativity is probably restricted by, as you mentioned, what they want, right? The exactly. Brand, like the yeah. The couple that's getting married. So, yeah, I don't think I'd ever do that either. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't want to participate in that. <laughs> Cause even then too, like someone reached out to me to do like a, a little video for, I think it was like an engagement party that they were having. Mm. And they just wanted like a video of like a friend's, their friend saying something so that they could show it on their, on their wedding day. I was like, I, I, I'm okay with doing that. I was like, okay yeah. with that. But it's just like, at least if this doesn't work out, I, I know I can reshoot it. Yeah. Like shooting the actual wedding, like no, 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 that's no. it. It's a one and done thing. Yeah, I can't unless do they that. get remarried, then well, you will probably not want to hire you. <laughs> You'd be like, this guy brings bad luck to my, <laughs> to my, yeah, to my marriage. Oh man, that's good. I mean, and you don't know that until you try it, right? I think that's yeah. the that's the moral of that kind of that story and that experience is now you know, like wedding, wedding is not. Uh, Definitely not, not my thing. Not, not your forte. Well, not, not not that it isn't your forte, but it's not something that you want to do. I have again. no desire to do <laughs> yeah, it whatsoever. Yeah. No, thank you. You stay away from that. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, man. But um, unfortunately, that's uh, nearing the end of our our episode here. And before I let you go, um, one one question that I do always ask uh, almost all the all all the guests. We're trying to make it a tradition here. Is um, if uh, you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, younger Stanley whether it be two years, last week, a year ago, um, what would that piece of advice be and why? I think just be your authentic self Mm. and don't be afraid to make mistakes. I think a lot of people feel like you have to change who you are to, you know, to make other people happy. I think one thing I realized, and that's why I love, like, you know, even my whole brand being, outland just because like it's a part of my personality like that's who i am yeah and i've learned i have to accept that and just like embrace that and if other people don't like it then i mean so be it then they're not meant to be like in my life or i'm not meant to be associated with it mm-hmm. but sometimes like that that can be difficult because it's it could be like your your loved ones or like you know like you know someone you're close to you like i remember when i was we were starting truth media i remember my dad saying like what what the hell are you doing? Like, what is this? Know, distracting you from you being at school. Like now the conversation is completely different. Now he's asking me like, Oh, like, you know, like how are your friends just going? Like, you know, so it's like, just, you know, be authentic, trust in yourself and just push yourself outside of your comfort zones because you can achieve way more 
than you think. Like your mind can do wonders for you. We just don't push ourselves. Yeah. And that's a, like this, yeah. No, that's a beautiful way to, to summarize it and a really great way to kind of, I feel like more or less that kind of story and that message was encompassing throughout this entire episode where it was try different things, venture yeah. into the unknown, but still at the end of the day, be true to who you are and what you want to do right in, in yeah. that aspect and grow within that and be able to develop your, you know, your personality, your brand and who you mm-hmm. are as an individual within business and also outside of business as well, I think is super important and, and being being authentic is obviously a big factor to that. So um, thank you, Stanley. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing uh, these tips and for sharing uh, how, like what you've done, obviously in the learning process and stuff like that. And I think for a lot of the creators out there who are listening, I think these past couple of months have been challenging for, for all of us and stuff like that. So it's important to understand, um, you know, sometimes to just take a moment to reflect, right? I think we're always, you know, going in and out, whether it be with meetings or creating content or the, the wheels always spinning, but sometimes we need to to slow it down a little bit and and see where exactly where we're wanting to spin. Uh, There you go. That's a, that's a trademark. (laughs) right there. Put that on a wall. All right, Stanley, I appreciate it, man. Um, Where can they find you? Where can they find your work? Where can they learn a little bit more about you or if they want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? I think the best way would be to just find me on Instagram, um, outlandish underscore visuals, mm-hmm. my contacts, both my number and my email on there too. Honestly, just, just slide in the DM if you have any <laughs> questions, like um, my portfolio is on my Instagram page too, so you can take a look at that. Like, honestly, I'm a pretty open person and especially now with COVID, I've been working on my communication skills. They weren't that great before, but just honestly, just slide in my dms and just we can have a conversation i'm pretty open to that yeah stanley has a lot to offer and he's got a lot of experiences under his belt so if you're if you're new to you know photography or or even just content creation in general or just want to pick his brain a little bit more I, i highly recommend you you have a moment to chat with stanley and stuff like that so thank you again uh for taking the time to be a part of uh of the show um i appreciate it i appreciate you hopefully we'll link up sometime soon once um, things kind of sell down on my end and, um, yeah, I appreciate it, Stanley. Thank you again for, for, sure, man. for thank being you, on the you. show, man. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah. We should definitely catch up more. Yes, we will. And thank you again to all our listeners for, for tuning in. Um, yeah, the support's been great. We've been growing, uh, very steadily actually in terms of the listens and stuff like that. So, um, that's, that's again, all due in part to, to the audience and the, everyone who's been supporting the show. So thank you. And uh, hopefully everyone has a good rest of a uh, good rest of your day. Take care, everyone. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace.